welcome to the Better Together Podcast with Sisterhood, where you will find community and a place to belong. We are a community of women who want to encourage you, empower you for all the things, wifing, mothering, daughtering, sistering. We want to help you be the best you that you can be in Him. So let's jump into today's episode together. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I'd like to imagine that you're sitting right across the table from me having a cup of coffee while we're chatting about what's going on in the world today. And uh, what I want to do today is just let bring us into the loop on what is going to be happening on the podcast through the whole month of December. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. I love celebrating the birth of Jesus. And I wanted to uh, celebrate world changer style. And so kind of a buzzword in the church the last, I would say, maybe decade, around here anyway, is the words world changer. Are you a world changer? I want to be a world changer. And parents speaking over their kids, you are a little world changer to their baby in the crib. Children's pastors speaking it over their K through sixth graders and youth pastors speaking it over their youth. You are world changers. And I believe in speaking life over myself. I believe in speaking life over my kids. But the Speaking the words, you are a world changer over kids or even yourself is not what's going to make you a world changer. What do people really mean when they say those words, I'm raising a world changer or I want to be a world changer? On the surface, it sounds like an amazing thing. And really it is. We do want to change our world for God. We want to take back the realm of darkness and take back land in the kingdom of darkness and and expand the kingdom of heaven. And we do that as a world changer. But when you talk to some parents and different people, when when they're talking about raising a world changer, they say, I'm raising a world changer and they're going to be like Reinhard Bonnke or they're going to be like Billy Graham, some famous person who has this huge platform and they have these grandiose ideas of what it means to be a world changer and what it looks like to raise a world changer. It's almost like they want them to be a superstar, but in the Christian world. And I am not against superstars, I guess, but I am kind of against superstars in the church because that draws attention to us and it draws attention away from God. And so I just kind of want to take the month of December and go through the Christmas story and look at how they changed their world, how the characters, and it's not a play, these are real live people that lived at a specific moment in time, but how each one of them in their assignment from God changed their world. You don't need a platform to change the world. You don't need a pulpit to change the world. You don't need a microphone to be a world changer. God's not interested in superstars, but he is interested in us changing our world. And so I just want to say this right off the bat. When my husband, Michael, and I were raising our kids, I don't think one time I ever look at them and declare it over them, you're going to be a world changer. That might make me a bad parent or a slacker in some people's eyes, but that wasn't our main focus and that wasn't our goal. 
Uh, our goal was to raise children that knew God, to raise children to become adults who walk with God. And not just that, but to be children who walked with God. There's no age limit on being able to walk with God. If you train them up, they will know how to do it from a young age. And so I think sometimes we wait until they're old enough to understand. And I say old enough in air quotes, which you can't see me doing that. But you're never too young to walk with God. And we can be training our kids to walk with God. Our focus was not on calling them a world changer. Our focus was on training them to know God. Because the Bible says that it doesn't say that world changers will do exploits for God. It defines what that means. It says, they that know their God in Daniel, they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And so we endeavored to train them to know God. And I'll never forget, they were little. I had three kids in under three years. And um, if you can imagine the chaos, three kids, a little over, I said under three years, but it's a little over three years. So it turned into about eight and a half years of utter chaos and then busy. It was just always busy because they were always so close to each other in age and doing all the same things at all the same time. And we had to almost clone ourselves to be everywhere. But let's remember back to life before kids. And some of you don't have kids yet. So this is the life that you're living probably, hopefully, is that we had time. We had time if we wanted to sit down and read our Bible, we really could kind of on demand. It wasn't other people's, our schedule wasn't dependent on the schedule of three small little people in our house. And so we could read our Bibles whenever we wanted. I could pray whenever I wanted. I could spend as much time in prayer as I wanted with my own time apart from work. And uh, because I didn't have three little ones demanding attention and time from me. But then you fast forward to, I felt like all I was doing was feeding and changing diapers and and cooking meals and cleaning up the meals and cleaning up the mess and getting them to bed and getting them showered and getting them up. And and Michael and I had all these things going on and we felt like all we did was parent. And, and then you still want to see your husband and you still have to work and you have to go to church. And there's all these things in the midst of all this chaos. And I'll never forget uh, whining to the Lord about it one day, almost looking longingly at at a prayer room thinking, I'll never get back there. Will I ever experience what I experienced in the prayer room again? God, I miss you. Like I miss those designated extended times with you. And um, I'll never forget what he spoke to my heart. He said, you don't have to wait. You can just take them with you into my presence. And that didn't mean I knew exactly what he mean. He painted this picture for me. It didn't mean that I had to make them sit down and watch me pray or cease all quiet so that they knew I was praying. It meant whatever we were doing and wherever we were, that if I would just pray, I could experience what I prayed or had in the prayer room. And I didn't believe him. I almost laughed like Sarah laughed when he said, you're going to have a baby. I said, but Lord, they're so, it's so distracting. They're so distracting. The noise and the chaos and, and it was good chaos. It was, they were playing with one another and they were learning things and singing songs and, and playing instruments and doing all the fun things. It was good chaos, but it also wasn't conducive to hearing from the heart of God. 
and fellowshipping with him in prayer. And when I said that to him, I said, God is so distracting with them in the room. He said, that's just because you haven't asked me for grace. And so I did, and he did. And I began in the middle of the playroom to just commune with him and to pray and to spend time with him. And he came. And some of those same unctions and those same things that I would experience in the solitude of the prayer room, I began to experience in the chaos of the playroom. And he just came and fixed it all and, and, and became a part of it all. And today at 21, 22, and 24, I'm thankful that all my kids have a walk with God. And in part, I think because we modeled that for them. We brought them into it wherever we were. And and even if they were playing, I didn't have any problem just starting to pray, starting to ask God to do things. Or And they heard that, and it became a lifestyle for the family. And so in the month of December, we're going to look at the Christmas story from the aspect of what they did, actually did, to change the world and give us maybe a broader picture of what being a world changer looks like. Billy Graham isn't the only one who changed the world. There are people that will never know their names that dedicated their life to the service of God who are world changers, and they don't have a platform. They're changing their world right where they are. And we're going to take all the pressure off of us of having to have a platform, of having to have a microphone, of having to be in front of people. Take all the pressure of the words world changer off of us and look at practical ways that God can use us right where we are in the season that we're in as a world changer. We're going to see that each one had an assignment. We're going to look at their different assignments and how it changed the world and how we can connect right where we are to the valuable assignment that God has put on the inside of us and ordained specifically for each one of us and how when we connect with Him and connect with our purpose, we will change our world So grab a cup of coffee with us every week in the month of December as we go through the Christmas story and see how we can begin to change our world for God. Hey, thanks for joining us for this Advent series. We're so excited. We can't wait to share it with you. Listen, if you have any questions about Advent, if you have any questions about the Christmas story, the different uh, participants of it, who God used in it, any questions about being a world changer, reach out to us, DM us, pop it in the comments. You can email me at Tony at the riverchurch.church. That's T-O-N-I at the riverchurch.church. We'd be happy in the next four weeks to answer those questions for you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Sisterhood Podcast. Remember, we're all about community here. We weren't meant to do this life alone. So connect. Connect with some girlfriends over coffee or call someone to catch up today. Connect with us on social media at sisterhood.river or join us at one of our gatherings or outings. You are not alone. You have a community of women right here praying for you this week. May God saturate your day with His goodness, His joy, 
and His love. And don't forget, we are better together.